welcome to another edition of the IoT Show. My name's Alan Behrens, uh, I'm from Taxel, and uh, we're here today to talk about things IoT, specifically within buildings and cities, um, and we're calling this the Smarter Show, and it's Smarter Buildings and Smarter Cities. Um, the IoT show, for those of you who don't know it, is really about insights. It's about uh, engaging hot topics, um, talking today about, obviously, uh, the IoT as applied to the AC building, owner-operator, and products industry for, for buildings, cities, and, and communities. Uh, but really what we've got is the guests who have got knowledge about uh, situations, opportunities, insights, recommendations, and gotchas on things on the industrial IoT within the building environment. Um, so today I've got three guests. Uh, I've got uh, Ted Lambeau from Bentley Systems. I've got Lisa Seacat DeLuca from IBM. And I've got Martin Powell from Siemens. So welcome. Yep. Uh, let me just hand over to our guests and just allow them to introduce themselves. Um, first, starting with uh, Ted here in the office. Ted, why don't you introduce yourself and your company? Thank you, yes. Uh, so I represent Bentley Systems. Uh, our solutions are focused on the uh, built infrastructure. We refer to it as infrastructure at large. Okay. Uh, and we provide uh, solutions for the design, construct and operational phase of uh, the built infrastructure. Uh, that uh, particularly includes, of course, uh, roads and rail, and uh, you, you refer to cities. Hmm. But cities are made up of many different types of uh, infrastructure, including buildings, including sewers, etc., etc. And it's particularly at that operational phase where we uh, touch uh, and need the IoT. Good. Right. So, as, as a part of the introduction, the other thing I would like to uh, mention is that we are uh, a strategic partner with uh, Siemens. Mm. So it's good to see that Siemens is on the call as well. Mm. And there's a lot of uh, synergy that is happening between the two companies with regards to infrastructure and IoT. Okay, good. Uh, uh, Lisa, how about yourself? Why don't you introduce yourself and your, your interests? Sure. Hi, I'm Lisa Sikatoluka. I'm a distinguished engineer within our IBM Internet of Things division. I'm working on a solution around uh, buildings and energy efficiency. So this is perfect timing and I can't wait to speak to you guys about this topic. Great, thank you. Uh, and Martin. Great, good morning. Uh, I run our urban development practice uh, globally for Siemens. This includes smart cities, resilient cities, uh, anything with cities in the title. Um, we have 70 city directors positions in the big cities around the world. Um, I'm based in New York really to focus on the Americas and the real uh, evolution of what's <clears throat> really happening here now in North America in particular um, with regard to smart cities. Uh, I formerly uh, have been the mayoral advisor to Boris Johnson when he was mayor of London uh, and also an advisor to uh, Michael Bloomberg when he was chair of C40 Cities. So, so I, I think uh, the audience will guess that there was some real knowledge, some real interesting knowledge actually here uh, in the studio and, and with our guests remotely. Uh, I, I think the first thing I'd like to pose a question to uh, our guests is, you know, what does the IoT mean 
to you in the context of buildings and cities. So, Lisa, why don't we sort of go over to you first and just give us your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, IoT provides a really unique opportunity for buildings in general because we've already got uh, infrastructure in place in buildings that we can monitor some of the usage like energy. Um, I just saw a stat that 40% of the world's energy is used within buildings and 75% of the building costs over the life, lifetime of the building goes to maintenance and operating expenses. So if you can use IoT to help optimize those building resources um, and minimize some of the energy costs, then there's a huge opportunity for customers and clients that have these solutions around IoT. Great. Uh, how about yourself, Martin? Yeah, I mean, as, as Lisa said, uh, buildings are responsible for 40% of global green, greenhouse gas emissions. Um, beyond that, they, they just need to be connected across cities um, for optimization of how we use energy, particularly during peak peak hours, um, just bringing the full energy demand down, building resilience across the whole network uh, by uh, by buildings talking to one another, you're able to power share and, and do sort of all sorts of interesting things. And as we move into the world where buildings become mini power stations rather than big consumers of energy, uh, the need for them to be connected is ever more present. Right. Ted? Yeah, what, what does the IoT mean to us? <clears throat> so uh, from where we come, the first requirement to make a, to put an IoT to use means that you really have to have a digital twin of the infrastructure uh, upon which you're going to collect uh, data back from, right? So having an IoT without the digital infrastructure uh, would still not give very meaningful uh, ways of analyzing what the information is telling you. So we're very big on making sure that there is a strategy in place to digitize and to continue to maintain a digital representation of the infrastructure so that the IoT and the big data can be uh, laid, overlaid over the, uh, the, the underlaying information yeah. of what the infrastructure is meant to do and what it actually does and start doing the, the comparisons and the, uh, uh, and the analysis. So we refer to that as digital twinning. Right, right. And I, and I suppose also throwing into the mix is the fact that, it, it, you know, the, the uh, internet of, or industrial internet of things as applied to buildings and cities also affects a lot of product companies because one has to remember a lot of the products that get embedded into these buildings that have sensors or provide information, part of that big data that's uh, used within the buildings themselves. So, I mean, it does affect, I mean, the ramifications are far beyond, and that includes cars. I mean, of course, autonomous vehicles, etc. Um, so, so why don't we, you know, first just talk about, um, you know, when, when people first look at um, the Internet of Things with regards to buildings and cities, I mean, what, what do they think about when trying to justify investments? What are, the, what are the thoughts that go through their heads and what should people be thinking about? Ted? So the, uh, if you approach it from the city side, the drivers for the city are things like uh, safety, clean air, uh, easy traffic, uh, a economical, viable uh, environment where companies can thrive. You know, those are the drivers. And, and what prohibits them or, or what helps them to have a city operate uh, so efficiently 
that uh, uh, it encourage, encourages people to live there and to work there, mm -hmm. right? So I think you have to approach it from what makes a, diddy, a, a city smart. Now, you can't be smart unless you're digital. You could be digital and still not be smart. Right. right? <laughs> uh, uh, but I think you have to work your way backward from saying what does smart mean to, to traffic, to energy consumption, to pollution, et to safety, et cetera, et cetera. And then translate back which data you have to collect in order to become smarter. Right. Martin. Yeah, um, a, a, a smart investment, if you like, is like any other investment. It has to make sense. It has to really stack up. So the, the business case has to be financial. It has to be clear. But it has to also deliver other benefits. Um, and Ted alluded to, to some of them. But the, the co-benefits that come from smart investments are the things we need to be better at, at measuring. Um, if you put a low emission zone in a city, um, this makes a financial revenue for the for the city. Uh, it makes a return that you can invest that in, in public transport improvement. Um, but it also cleans the air. It has health implications. It uh, reduces a number of premature deaths as a result of uh, particulates, as a result of NOx emissions, etc. So, um, really beginning to measure the positive externalities that come from these kind of investments uh, is essential, but they ought to stack up uh, on their own right as well. Okay. Lisa, have you got anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, we went through all of this because there's so much room for innovation around buildings and where do you start, right? There's so much you can do, especially with IoT. For us, we wanted to find what is the biggest return on investment for our clients. And while there's the sexy use cases like occupancy insights, trying to figure out how to find a coworker in a space, it's harder to justify that return on your investment by um, you know, putting money into that type of innovation. So for energy, that's why we focused on energy first is because it really is possible to prove that energy savings just from um, using historical analysis of how much money you spent in the past versus now with your IoT solution, um, what you're spending. What do people, you know, I mean, there's so much to, to look at and so many benefits and so many um, uh, routes one can take. I mean, what are the basic steps that companies should think about when looking at how to invest their uh, monies into either smarter buildings or smarter cities? Ted. Yeah, you're, you're asking the question uh, from the company's perspective, sure. right? Uh, I think the uh, very much a driving force will still be the cities. Right. And, uh, you know, every, every bigger city or every smaller city maybe as well is having a plan of what they want to aspire to in 20 or 30 years. And I think the, the industry, the companies are trying to align with what their biggest priorities are. And I think several of those priorities have been mentioned, but it, it, it goes back to uh, uh, buildings as a source of energy rather than a consumer of energy. It goes back to uh, uh, traffic and, and flow through the city. It goes back to safety. It goes back to health. And you need to find those pockets that are meaningful pockets to the city. And if they're meaningful and they help uh, to save money or avoid risk or generate revenues, one of those three hmm. are each good uh, drivers 
for being in that business and investing there because that's where the return on investment will come from. Lisa, what are your thoughts? Yeah, and I think, um, you know, starting small is better than not starting at all, right? <laughs> it could be really overwhelming to know where to jump in and get started with this kind of technology. So if you can find a way to use your existing like submeters and meters and get, gather insights out of that existing infrastructure as opposed to starting new and installing all these fancy sensors and it being too long for you to see that return on investment, um, that would be my advice to, to, to companies is to just see what you can do now and then grow as the technology grows. Martin? Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of Lisa on this one. I definitely think um, start small, just do something. I mean, it's very easy to connect two data streams from two different devices. Um, every company, every city has multiple data streams emitting from, from its technologies, from its infrastructure. Um, just just connect two data streams and analyze them and and see what you can do with them. I guarantee you can do something. And uh, I guess if you're a company looking to to buy this kind of technology or a city, you should uh, start small. Just uh, combine some data, build an application that's going to have um, an incremental benefit to what you're doing. And probably when you do that, you will unlock the potential that is actually currently beyond reach. So what you'll end up doing is probably discovering further benefits that you can do as a result of doing that first step. Today, data is everywhere. For companies, it's become one of the most important resources, essential in the age of the Internet of Things. To unleash its full potential, we must transform this flood of data into useful knowledge. That means capturing and analyzing data from countless sources. It's a staggering challenge. That's why Siemens developed MindSphere. The cloud-based open IoT operating system so that companies of every type and size can unlock their data assets and put them to profitable use. MindSphere rapidly connects existing assets and systems of various manufacturers to gather data from a multitude of sources. Advanced analytics and applications from Siemens, our partners, and other providers transform this data into valuable knowledge. Knowledge that helps increase availability, quality, and efficiency across the value chain. Knowledge that solves problems before they occur. Knowledge that will accelerate processes, open up new levels of flexibility, and simplify decision-making. Knowledge that makes companies better. MindSphere transforms data into knowledge and knowledge into business success. I mean, what should people focus on? Obviously, there are so many things uh, that one can focus on, uh, some of them being um, new and some of them being retrofit for instance, um, 
What are, what are the things, in what order, should people focus their efforts and their, their research? Right. Uh, well, so first of all, going back to the start, start small and create some success stories mm -hmm. and make sure that your next step uh, leverages the previous step, the successful step that you, that you took. I think that's, that's very wise uh, <coughs> advice. Um, uh, one of the uh, typical issues with a city is that its governance gets re-elected or not every four years. Right. And uh, as a result of it, uh, even though they might have a longer term plan, uh, the re-elections may uh, cause a re-prioritization of what is most important to the, to the city, if we talk about, about uh, cities specifically, right? So uh, I believe a city is a system of systems. And if you go to the smaller steps and the smaller systems, there is building infrastructure, there is energy, there is water, there is sewer, there is rail, there's road. There's all those individual, uh, what we call asset classes. And in each system, there's benefits to be had. Mm -hmm. So pick your, your battlefields and decide which one is closest to your home and where you can uh, uh, create a return on investment that ultimately is going to benefit the, the building owner, that might be a commercial owner, or the city, which is a governmental owner, right? Or the utility, which is maybe a little bit of both. And, and, and just uh, go from there. And then over time, by federation of information, it will add up to the greater good of what the city is going to benefit from. Lisa? Yeah, I would like to add that, um, I mean, there's going to be 30 billion devices connected to the internet by 2020, right? So we don't have a shortage of data. So it's really about finding those insights from the data and using machine learning and AI to understand what exactly is interesting of the data you're collecting so that you can do those, in, those actionable insights is what we call them, right? So take action on what you're discovering, and preferably that's in real time. Right. I, I suppose the, the old learning of you don't know what you don't know. Um, and some of this is, is a learning experience for all of us, I think, and, and for all sort of uh, utilities or, or, or cities and all building companies. Um, what about, you know, the, the, the sort of investments that people have to make in things like readiness and, and infrastructure and software and the like? I mean, have you... What experiences have you got, Martin, in, in, in those areas that perhaps have been interesting learning experiences for you? Yeah, uh, uh, readiness is an interesting topic. Um, but just I just want to uh, touch on a comment that was just made. But um, even politicians don't, don't get in the way of a good idea. <laughs> um, and and I, I don't, I'm not being critical when I say that, but... Um, a lot of solutions have been dressed up as, you know, the next big thing, and this is going to be wonderful, and this is fantastic. But the the reality is, um, it it has to make sense. It has to stack up. So, you know, when you move into readiness, what you need to do, um, that then actually it's about the people that are open-minded about um, what it means to connect infrastructure. Um, it doesn't take a lot. Um, 
it takes a platform for which there are many. Um, it takes uh, the ability to connect a data stream, uh, which is relatively easy as well. And then you just have to build an application on top of that once you've done the learning from um, the data analytics uh, to look at the problem you're trying to solve and possibly push that into the hands of a citizen that can contribute to the success uh, of that application as well. So in order for a city to be ready, they just need to accept that the next step for them is to connect infrastructure to a platform. And it's not about the platform. Uh, and I know a lot of people will tell you that it is, but the platform's the enabler. You have to figure out the data that you have the applications you want to create, the problem you're trying to solve. And those people actually exist within the city. Um, so it's really convening the right people, coalesced around the problem and coming up with the solutions. And I'm a big fan of actually co-creating these applications with the city uh, because a lot of them are also going to be extremely local. Um, right. So that's that's how I would kick off with a, if I were a city. Right. Ted? Uh, so, so a um, uh, an event that we're seeing to happen is maybe not an event, but uh, we see that in uh, innovative cities, uh, they're starting to appoint uh, chief technical officers, which, which which sometimes come out of the industry, out of the IT industry, or sometimes it's referred to as a, a smart city or a digital city officer, who sits right underneath the politicians who is advising the city how to go digital, right? And this go digital uh, has everything to do with how you become smart, right? It's, it's important that we help them what steps to take and how to book success every step that you take. Because if you make it a monumental issue and you try to uh, boil the ocean all in one go, we all know that those are the, the the most difficult projects, so I totally stand by the uh, the small steps and 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 uh, grabbing your success before you go to another one. I think those CTOs should be the source uh, and the center where the new and innovative ideas come of which apps or which applications and which uh, data consumption is going to lead uh, to to smarter ideas. And I think the whole industry uh, owes it to them to help them come up with those ideas and turn those into successes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Lisa, where, where does one go for the sort of help and advice on, on these topics? Yeah, you know, if it were me and I was trying to figure out what to do and how to get started, I'd reach out to a lot of companies and just ask them for a demo, see what they're up to, start a pilot. Um, you can usually you know, touch and feel something without having to shell out a lot of money just to see how the solution works and um, see if it's got the use cases that you want to address within your business. Right. Uh, Martin, anything to Yeah, to I mean, it, it, customers want solutions to their problems. Um, they want a trusted relationship with somebody that's really invested in their outcome. Um, and as Lisa said, they don't, they don't want to pay a lot of upfront uh, money they, they don't they, they want to define a solution that's solving a problem that can be financed 
that has a return that's going to benefit the city. And if you do that, then they will come. This is just a, a, a very simple step then to, to, to move forward. But the, the city just needs to find a good trusted partner and come and have a good conversation. And uh, that's the only way they're going to move forward. Right. I obviously stand behind uh, the trusted party and get some uh, some professional help. Uh, I also want to mention that you know it's it's a, a sort of a new 4.0 era, and there's certainly also room for crowdsourcing ideas. Right. I think uh, uh, because cities will will uh, very much support open data. I think by allowing open data to be used by anyone that wants to uh, build ideas around that open data. I think uh, the public might sometimes uh, surprise us. And I think it's a great area for the academia mm -hmm. and the university world to come up with uh, new ideas and new innovations mm -hmm. of how to leverage uh, big data in an infrastructure environment. Inter interesting observations. I mean, what, what about surprising situations and hurdles? I mean, uh, obviously, we, we all hear of war stories in, in all the industries that we've, we've dealt with and touched in the past. Um, Martin, I mean, have you got any sort of uh, sage words of advice for listeners on things they should be wary of or opportunities yeah. they may not have thought of? Yeah, um, I do, actually. The, the, and I, representing a technology company, this may sound odd, but my advice would be don't be too fixated on the technology. <laughs> um, I may get shot for that. But um, the, the technology is critical. And, you know, the, our company, like many others, um, provide good, secure, reliable technology. But the, the, the focus should be on the, the problem you're trying to solve and then figuring out where you get the data streams from, which data streams are going to provide the value. And then doing the hard work and the analytics and, um, uh, you know, machine learning, artificial intelligence is, is just going to sweep through all our data sets as we connect more and more devices and is going to help us find ways of optimizing everything that we use to run our cities. It's going to make our train performance better. It's going to make our energy performance better. It's going to do all of this in the face of very rapid urbanization. And it's essential because we can't build new infrastructure faster than we can uh, improve and optimize it. Now, that's the world we're in right now. Right. Ted? Yeah, two sort of incremental thoughts here. Uh, the first one is that for any uh, new infrastructure that is being contemplated, uh, make sure that it's designed to be digital and expected to talk back to you, the infrastructure, right. from the outset. And uh, uh, the world is reasonably good at doing that during the design phase, but uh, during the construction phase, a lot of intelligence is lost. And uh, that's one of the least automated uh, workplaces, uh, the construction uh, place. So we got to make sure that that whole chain ensures that what comes out as new infrastructure is uh, already smart infrastructure from the outset. So that's one idea. Uh, but cities are particularly are very old. Mm -hmm. uh, whether you talk about the buildings or the utility uh, infrastructure or the road network or the metro or what have you, it's very many different classes of infrastructure and it's a daunting task to make the digital uh, yet 
You can't make it smart if it isn't digital. Mm -hmm. And so there's some real nice new technologies uh, to leap over the problem of having uh, old uh, infrastructure that you still need digital. Uh, so I particularly refer to uh, what what is called in the industry reality models of the existing infrastructure. It's like a brownfield that you can uh, digitize with cameras that can be anything from top of the range uh, aerial photography down to your iPhones. Right. And there are some s smart, new, quick ways of how to create a digital representation so that you can move on and focus on sensors and how to combine it with smarter uh, big data coming back. Right. Interesting. Lisa? Yeah, I mean, I can't agree more with what was just said. Um, don't chase the shiny new technology, right? <laughs> Stay true to yourselves and what those use cases are for you and pick a trusted partner that will grow with you and listen to those business needs and give you a chance to provide feedback into the technology that they're creating, um, hopefully in lockstep with you as you guys build towards the future of what those use cases are for you. Okay, and finally, um, sort of last words on getting people motivated to, to think about these types of technologies if they haven't already. Uh, what would you give as a final snippet of advice, Lisa? You know, um, IoT is, while it is, we're talking about um, more of the industrial IoT, IoT is also affecting us as consumers. So to make it not so scary, play with it at home, you know, like get a Google Home or an Alexa and um, play with if this, then that, and just start trying to understand where it could possibly go and the innovation of where you can take it beyond your personal interactions to your business. I think that's the best way to not be so scared of, of what the solutions are and where you can go with it. Uh, sage advice, Martin. Yeah, um, you know, cities are, are where, you know, bankers and builders share a bus where different cultures are, you know, in, in collision with one another where, you know, people propose marriage to one another, you know, cities are just uh, incredible places. And to keep all of that in balance requires some very local solutions, some very um, subtle improvements that don't upset that balance that allow, the, you know, these cities to thrive and operate. And nothing is in the mind of city leaders more than keeping the whole show on the road. But if if you don't connect your infrastructure now, you will fall behind as a city. Uh, you will not be able to keep up with the way that cities operate, how they optimize fleets, how they bring costs down, costs of energy, costs of transit fares, etc. And um, and people will leave your city and and vote with their feet. You know they will go and live somewhere else. So my advice is be connected, uh, move forward, but. You know, the baby steps uh, are true. Just start with two data streams, connect them together, see what happens, because I think this will open the door to something a lot bigger. Right, great. Ted? We all know that urbanization is uh, rampant, and that's not going to stop. Uh, so there's lots of challenges ahead of it. So uh, the best thing to do when there's big challenges ahead is to uh, have some fun with coming up with solutions. So think about... Uh, applications that people grasp, that people understand, that they see the benefit from. Maybe it's tourism. You know, I think focus on the inhabitants, the users or the uh, yeah, the users of the city, of the city infrastructure, and make sure that it's a, a, a small step that's yet a benefit 
and a fun benefit to everyone and that's how you catch the eye where people say now I understand why I, why I benefit from that investment and that just makes it easier to make uh, next steps. The IoT is a means, it's not a goal to itself, right? So sure. make sure that you focus on the goals and the IoT will follow. Great, thank you. Uh, uh, very sage words of advice, I think some really fascinating uh, insights there from our guests. Thank you very much to Ted, Lisa and Martin. Uh, for their input. Uh, very kind of you to take your time in, in joining us here. Uh, I hope you as the audience found that interesting. Uh, there'll obviously be some key takeaways which I'll be producing which will go with this uh, particular episode and you can download that online and you'll see the link uh, on the website. Thank you for your time and uh, join us for our next episode. Thank you. Digitization has long been ubiquitous. Billions of devices produce vast amounts of valuable data. However, only a tiny fraction of it is used and intelligently analyzed in the industry. As a comparison, smartphones have just a handful of sensors, while a single industrial motor, for example, already has about 2,000 data points. So, there is a large wealth of data, but the question is, how can it be put to good use? The answer is MindSphere. But what exactly is MindSphere? As an operating system for the Internet of Things, with open standards and open interfaces, MindSphere is something of a Swiss army knife for all connected machines and devices, regardless of the supplier. Their data is selectively collected at configurable intervals on the MindSphere platform, where it is available for further evaluation. Of course, that comes in accordance with the strictest cybersecurity standards and only for authorized users. The bottom line, the data can now easily be linked and brought into relation with each other in order to obtain new insights that have been unimaginable before. There are apps available for precisely this task in an ever-expanding pool of apps, both from Siemens and third-party suppliers, and, if you want, even from yourself. Companies can optimize their products by evaluating how, where, and under what conditions their product is used. These insights can immediately be fed back into the production and design process to make the product more efficient and more practical. The advantage? You obtain concrete application data from real assets, virtually in real time, and you do not have to resort to generic test data. Cities and entire societies can also profit from MindSphere. Huge amounts of data are generated in the proactive maintenance of trains, the optimization of traffic flows, or with decentralized energy systems. And all these data sets can now be combined with each other and provide completely new insights. With MindSphere, we put that wealth of data to good use. This allows highly innovative business and service models to emerge and has the potential to decisively influence the world of tomorrow.